Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 145, where in a moment we discuss leaving an inheritance. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows because in our programmes to date, we've featured loads of stuff, mortgages, investing, wills and powers of attorney and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last time we looked at asset protection and estate planning with guest expert Ross Anderson of Jones White Solicitors. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And in that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis, and joining me is always the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? Good, thank you. So this week we're discussing leaving an inheritance. Now, when I was thinking about this before we came in to record, I thought, right, well, I've got a rough idea what this is. We're talking about the stuff you leave to specific people when you die. And then I thought, well, wait, does that mean money, property, possessions, all of it? And suddenly I felt ignorant again, which is the usual starting point for me in this show. So you know me, never afraid to ask, but um, what may turn out to be an entirely stupid question. But if we're talking about leaving an inheritance, what exactly is an inheritance? What does it cover? Yeah, I mean, the, I had a look at the dictionary definition. That's often where I, I start when we're doing that. And then it, it says there, the definition is a thing that is inherited. Now, similar words to inherited, you've got legacy, bequest. They're kind of similar ones. But, but what I would say is an inheritance, it, it's usually when somebody dies, something that's left or, or when they pass away, whatever is left to, to somebody would usually be classed as an, an inheritance. Okay. So uh, that, that's how I would kind of define it. But that's it. Throughout life, many things can have a significant impact on your financial needs and, and plans for the future. And, and and like as your life journey progresses, quite often things have to adapt. Um, you, you've got things like changes in sort of personal relationships. You might have a, a property purchase or property sale. At some point in the future, you might want to help younger members of the family. There might be business commitments, somebody retiring, inheritance planning. There, there's so many different things. So it, it should be a good show today, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. And and I, I would say, like, the, the financial planning process, it helps support people by ensuring that their financial plans remain relevant or, and are on track for the, the future as well. And I mean, I'm, I'm always advocating financial advice on this, but by people having conversations with a financial planner, it just makes sure that they're expertly focused on all the aspects of their goals and, and really just that they're following the right sort of suitable financial path. So I, I would say leaving an inheritance, it can be a complicated and sensitive area of financial planning. And and being able to leave a legacy for your loved ones, that's an ambition that many people aspire to as well. But it is, it's quite an emotive topic and, and it really does require careful navigation and, and planning. But it's a conversation that I would say it's always worth starting sooner rather than, than later. And, and also a, a welcome inheritance. It can sometimes come with a, an unwilling an unwelcome inheritance tax bill. Mm -hmm. So that, that's another consideration as well. So you definitely want to be 
sort of carefully planning things. Yeah, well, let, let's let's start there, Phil, because that's usually where uh, where people start to sit up and pay attention if it's going to hit you in the pocket. And what is it they say? There's a, the, the two things sure in life are death and taxes. <laughs> the inheritance tax is there. How does it work? What are the parameters there? And I bet it probably makes a fair whack for the government, the inheritance yeah, tax. I mean, HMRC in, in the 2020-21 tax year, they took in 5.3 billion inheritance <laughs> tax receipts. So it's a fair fair amount of money. And they, they actually estimate that in, in the last tax year, they, they're estimating that that'll go up to 6.7 billion. So that's a, a fair increase as well. But what we're finding though is because property values have gone up over time, a lot of people are falling into the trap of inheritance tax that they maybe weren't in it before. So it's been in the news quite a bit lately. Different sides of the political divide have got different opinions on it, but um, it is one of those taxes that people kind of, I would say, despise a, a wee bit. A lot of people just don't like inheritance tax at all. They think that they've paid tax on the money throughout their, their lives, and then they're also paying it on their death as well. But more people than ever before are, are calculating the value of their estates and finding that they do have a, an IHT liability. I'll, I'll sometimes use that term, IHT just means inheritance tax. Okay. But IHT can can cost your estate thousands of pounds when you die. But with expert planning, you can legitimately mitigate this tax. Um, So it means that you can pass on assets to your family as as intended as well. And these days, you don't have to be extremely wealthy to be affected by inheritance tax. The beneficiaries of anyone who's an estate worth over 325,000 could end up paying 40% tax on anything above that amount. So that's the, the amount at which it kicks in, 325000 And that, that includes, so let's just say you left a home, Phil. That that would include the value of the home, would it? Yeah, they, there are things that we'll touch on later okay. about houses and, and how it comes into it. But yeah, yeah the, the value of your estate's everything. So it's yeah. money, property, possessions, the, the whole lot is, okay. is included in there. It's just to go into the sum because a lot of people will be sitting there thinking, well, you know, I'm I'm never going to get, you know, that's over a quarter of a million. I'm never going to get three hundred and twenty-five thousand. But but then if you put if you factor in things yeah. like the value of a home, it can get there pretty quickly. Yeah, in, look, in this. The, like the average house price in the the southeast of England, jeepers! I mean, like in London, I think that the average house price is over five hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So I mean, anybody that's on their own, if if you're a married couple, you've you've got sort of double the the allowance. But for for a single person, if you've got a, a half a million pound house and an allowance of three hundred twenty five thousand, then it's fairly not giving you much extra. There as well, is it? That's, exactly. That's... I mean, if, you, if you're talking about London, you've got your house at half a million. Even as you say, if you've got, if it's you and a partner, so that'd be what six fifty you've got as a as a yeah. inheritance. Yeah. So you, you've got that cushion. So you've got five hundred in the house. If you've got a parking space in central London as well, that's the other hundred and fifty. So that that pretty much takes care of it. It is one of these taxes you were saying there across the political divide. It's a political tax in so much as. The Conservatives traditionally have been trying to not punish people who are getting towards their twilight years because that's where their their voters tend to reside, whereas Labour have been trying to make more inroads into how much you pay an inheritance tax to try and you know take more from the wealthy, I guess. Presumably, this is where the likes of yourself come in, Phil, to make arrangements in advance of people dying so that we can limit within law what your inheritors are going to have to pay out by means of, of tax and what they're receiving. And that'll yeah. mean forward planning, right? 
Well, one thing I would say as well, the inheritance tax threshold's been frozen for quite a number of years. Mm-hmm. So in real terms, like if inflation's high and, and prices everything's going up, what, what you'll actually find is that in real terms, the, the limit has actually been coming down because yeah. I like it's not worth yeah. as much as well. So that, yeah. that's probably an important point. But, but without advanced planning your estate, so that we, we mentioned that sort of like property, other assets, money, it won't. What you want is for it to be distributed in the way that you want when you die as well. So not only does it come to, to taxes, but good good financial planning means that you decide who inherits and, and gets your estate. You decide who gets what and how much they, they get. And, and also you can place constraints if necessary. So like last week's show, I think we were mentioning about wills. I mean, it might be that you think, right, I don't want my children inherit until a certain age. So you, you might decide, well, I don't think don't want them to inherit until 21 or 25 or whatever age it may be. Mm. So th- there's a lot of different things when, when it comes to passing on or, or leaving an inheritance. That's also important considerations and not just the tax side of things as well. Although that for a lot of people, that will be important. Yeah, I don't want my kids to inherit until the post-Abitha years. I suppose... The thing about this, and you're right, we spoke about it on our last show, and this shocked me at the time, is the amount of folk who've made no kind of provisions for after their death at all, some of which might be because they feel they've nothing to leave, but also because people don't like to dwell in this idea of themselves dying. And that's the wrong way to look at it, isn't it? I mean, if you're you're making plans about this kind of thing, you're giving yourself a certain peace of mind because you're more in charge of looking after your loved ones financially if you get this taken care of, aren't you? Yeah. That's it. A lot of financial planning is is kind of peace of mind. I mean, we we spoke about life insurance a few weeks back and that gives people the peace of mind if they die, their families looked after. And then the same with like all this kind of planning as well. It just gives you the peace of mind that if something happens to you, one, that you want everything to, to be sorted out quite quickly, but also you want people getting what you want them to to get as well, but is getting getting proper plans in place. It just means that you can feel confident about things should you pass away. And and speaking about dying, I, I mentioned about wills and and how that's so important. But we have done a previous show on on wills, nay will, nay wise. That was called. That was one of the the early podcasts, and I think it was something we touched on on last week's episode as well. Ooh. Absolutely. So when it comes to inheritance tax, well, um, you've spoken about the, the sort of threshold that they have to cross in order to be to be paying inheritance tax, but who pays exactly? Yeah, so inheritance tax, it, it's a tax payable on money, savings, property, and any other assets that you have. It, it, it counts when, when you pass it on or when, when you die, it comes into play, but potentially on some gifts that you make during your lifetime as well. The amount payable is calculated after debts and funeral expenses have been deducted. So they would take that off the, the cost of your estate. Now, the beneficiaries of anyone who has an estate worth over 325000 could end up paying 40% tax on anything over that amount. And another thing that's important to, to kind of note as well is that when someone dies, the administrators of their estate or the, the administration of the, the estate falls to the, the executors, or if if you die without a will, whoever's kind of administrating this estate there. But it's important to note that they've to actually pay the inheritance tax bill before the estate is released. So a lot of people think that you just pay the tax out of the estate, but it doesn't work like that. So so that can cause kind of extra sort of 
problems as well. But if the state's liable for inheritance tax, it's usually payable at a rate of 40%. And any inheritance tax due from your estate should usually be paid within six months of someone's death as well. I have actually seen it in the past where people have had to borrow money to, to be able to release the, the estate. But once the estate has been released or once the tax has been paid, they, they do what's called a grant of probate. So that can then be made and that allows the assets of their proceeds to be distributed to the beneficiaries at that point. So that that's kind of how it all works there. This may be a, a, a significantly stupid question, Phil, right? And they always cross my mind. You might not even know the answer to this because yeah. it might never have come up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it anyway. You mentioned there about the deduction of funeral taxes and the cost of a funeral. It comes off yeah. the top. Does that still apply? Let's say you've got one of these plans in place where your funeral is paid for and and that, that's been carried out. So in other words, it's not come off anything because it's come off a separate policy. Does the cost of the funeral and the death taxes still apply to the inheritance tax limit then? Aye, so they, if you had a funeral plan, that would be paying out the cost of the funeral. Sometimes they'll be written in a trust, so that might form. Same as well, like a lot of people will take out life insurance pay inheritance tax bills. But usually what you would do is you would put that in a trust because you don't really you don't want that then forming part of the, the estate as well. Yeah, they, they'll kind of look at all the, the value of the estate and then that's what's what's taxable there. So so for some people it can can add up quite quickly. By the time you add in like things like the house, a car, other assets that they've got, it, it yeah. can it, it can add up to quite a bit in some cases. That's the thing. Yeah, I was I was saying to you, you know, you, you're sitting there thinking, well, "I'm this never going to actually apply to me." And then I, you start looking at it, and you go, oh, "Well, you know what? Maybe it will." You're talking about some of the ways that you can minimise the amount of inheritance tax payable after you've died. I was sitting there thinking, "Well, if if this is going to apply after I've died, why don't I start getting rid of the stuff while I'm still alive? And that way I can also ensure that it goes to who I want it to. So, you know, you call in a grandson and say, I want you to have this pocket watch or whatever, and yeah. a thousand pounds of university fees. That's the first thing that crossed my mind. But what are some of the ways you can minimise the amount? That, that's one, one good thing is that there are quite a number of ways to sort of minimise the amount of IHT your family would pay when you're gone. And and these are things like maximising your, your inheritance tax allowances. You, you've got gift exemptions. You can put money, property or investments into trusts. So that's something we've spoke about a few times recently. You can leave money to charity, take out a life insurance policy. And, and there's also business and agricultural reliefs as well. So there's quite a number of ways that you can try and avoid or reduce inheritance tax. That inheritance tax threshold, as you mentioned, is three hundred and twenty-five pounds per three hundred twenty-five thousand per person. Yeah, yeah. So the the current IHT threshold it's three hundred twenty-five thousand pounds for an individual and six hundred and fifty thousand for a married couple or several partners. Meaning, if your estate is worth over three hundred twenty-five thousand, you could end up paying IHT and anything above that amount. What happens though is that when someone dies, let's say you're married. If one of them, one was to die, their nil rate band can be passed to the surviving spouse or civil partner on death. And also, if, if one partner had already died previously, if they hadn't used up any of their allowance, that can be transferred to the, the survivor. So that would give them an, an allowance of 650000 But It all depends on how much of the allowance was used prior to, to that. But So if, if I was married... My partner died or wife died. 
I would get her allowance. So that's kind of one of the things that we would, would look at for people as well. Is that an automatic thing, Phil, or do you have to actually action that? Yeah, it's automatic. You don't okay. need to, to do anything for, for that. Okay. Now, one of the things that means this podcast will never, ever run out of things to talk about is the fact that law and regulations around this kind of stuff change from time to time. An example of that is something called the main residence nil rate band. Now, that came back into play in 2017. Tell us about what, what that is and why it was introduced, Phil. Yeah, well, due, due to rising house prices, they, they introduced this main residence nil rate band is, is what it's called. Now, the nil rate band it applies if you want to pass your main residence to a direct descendant, so like a child or grandchild, and this this includes stepchildren, adopted children, or or foster children. So if if you leave your meet your property, your main residence to them, what then happens is that they, they they've got what's called a main residence nil rate band, which is one hundred and seventy five thousand, and they've said that that will remain at this level until twenty twenty six. So that gives you a bit more. So £175,000 of your main residence can be passed without any inheritance tax on, on that. So when you add that to the existing threshold of 325000 this could potentially give rise to an overall allowance of 500000 for those who are single or divorced or a million pounds for those who are married or in civil partnerships. So that's a way of getting a bit more to be able to pass to to your descendants there. Sorry, just run that one by me again for the main residence no rate band, 175k. Yeah. When you said if you're single, then it's 175 on top. If you're if you're married so if the house is if a house is left to a, a couple, yeah. Then they, they both get 175. Uh, no, so if you've got right? if you've got a house in joint names owned by say a husband and a wife, 175,000 pounds of the value of that each can pass to someone without paying inheritance uh, tax. See, so see, see. so everybody's got their 325,000 allowance. And let's say you've got a house worth, I, I don't know, say 300,000. What would then happen is if it's in joint names, 150,000 of that would be in one name, 150 in the other, which would then pass without inheritance tax coming off. So that's what the, the main residence nil rate band is. But it is important to note as well that that's only for direct descendants that can benefit. So not everybody will be able to rely on that for, for kind of inheritance tax purposes mm -hmm. as well. So if you have no kids or grandkids, then that's not going to be something that's going to apply for you. Yeah, so if it's, if it's like a, an episode of Columbo and your great aunt that you've never met leaves it to you because she was an author or something, then <laughs> then uh, then yeah. that's not going to apply. Okay, there's also such a thing as gift exemptions. How does that work? Yeah, to, to reduce the amount of IHT payable, Many families can consider giving assets away during their lifetime. Now, these are what's called potentially exempt transfers. Now, for these gifts not to be counted as part of your estate, you've got to outlive the gift by seven years. So if you give something away now, if you live for seven years, that's then out with your estate. If you were to die within the seven years and the gifts are worth more than the nil rate band, there's something called taper relief then applies. So that if you die, say, within six years, the amount of tax would be less than if you were to die, say, a year after making the gift. And, and one thing, actually, I forgot to mention about taper relief on the main residence nil rate band as well. If your estate is valued at over £2 million, they then reduce 
how much you're allowed on this nil rate res- or residence nil rate ban. So that, that was something that I forgot to mention when we, we covered that as well. So but c- coming back to the gifts, gifts have got to be outright and you can no longer benefit from them. So if you were to gift your home, for example, but continue to stay there, if you weren't paying a commercial rent, HMRC would consider that to be what's called a gift with reservation, and then it would be included in the the value of your estate. So it's important to kind of get these sort of things correct and and right. You you can also make inheritance tax-free gifts. There's a few other kind of exemptions or allowances that you have. So each financial year, you can make gifts of up to £3,000. That's in total, not per recipient. And if you don't use that in one tax year, you can carry over any leftover allowance to the next tax year. But again, if you do this, you have to use up all of the allowance in that tax year. You can't like accumulate several years worth of allowances and then use it all up at, at one time. Another sort of thing that you can do as well, you can give gifts of up to £250 per person, per financial year to any number of people. So you could gift away 250 quid to as many people as you liked as a way of reducing your, your estate. Another thing that you can do as well, if um, each parent of a bride or groom, they can give away up to £5,000 and that would fall out with their, their estate. Grandparents or other relatives, they can give up to 2500 And any well-wisher, you can give someone £1,000 of a gift if they get married, and that comes straight out of your estate there as well. Gifts to registered charities and political parties, they're also exempt from IHT, so politicians, they know how to get yeah, funded without the tax. They know, don't they? Yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. Okay, last of all on this one, Phil, maybe you can sort of recap and just go over your tips for leaving an inheritance. Yeah, quite, quite a few tips for when it comes to this. So the, the first one I would say is, Make a gift every year. So if you do have an inheritance tax liability, what you want to do is maximise the use of your annual allowances. And, and this can ultimately reduce your, your tax liability over time. Another tip I would always say is make a will. If you don't clarify your wishes in a will, I mean the, the state then would distribute your estate according to the formulas and the rules of intested seed, depending on which country you're, you're in. And, and this means that not always is it going to go to who you maybe want it to, to go to. And sometimes that can create unnecessary tax liabilities as well. So making a will is, is hugely important. I mentioned earlier as well, put things into trust. So it, it's worth considering putting some of your cash investments or property into a trust. And th- then with this, there's a potential for this so that to not form part of your estate over time as well. So again, looking at things like trusts is, is good. Another way to reduce your estate is to to leave something to charity. So we we mentioned about the the tax rate being usually 40%. Now, what happens is you can reduce the rate at which IHT is payable. If you leave more than 10% of your estate to charity, they then reduce your inheritance tax rate down to 36%. So there's a slight reduction in in the rate there. Another tip I would say is to, to look at taking out life insurance and Whilst this doesn't actually reduce the amount of IHT that your estate will have to pay, 
the payment from the policy could make it easier for your beneficiaries for paying the tax bill, which was one of the points that I'd, I'd mentioned earlier. But it is also important to note that if you do take out life insurance, you want to put that policy in a trust because you don't want that to form part of your estate and have tax to, to pay on that as well. One good thing is the payment of premiums are considered gifts for IHT unless they can be covered by one of the IHT exemptions. So again, that's something just to, to note there. And probably the, the most important tip and, and the final one I'll leave just at the, the moment is always say take professional advice. And these days, more estates are likely to be subject to things like inheritance tax planning. So really taking expert advice could save your beneficiaries substantial amount of tax. And if you feel that your estate is likely to be subject to IHT, that's where your financial advisor, they can develop a robust plan and strategy that meets your, your individual needs as well. Because at the end of the day, Phil, I mean, I don't know about you, but if you if you boil it all down, really, when you sit and think about it, all you want from your life is to leave it the world a, a, a better place than how you found it for you know, for for the world at large, I guess, but also for for your descendants, so that you know you've you've sort of bettered their social standing, if you like, from where the the point from where they start. So this is this is what we're we're talking about. This is how you go about organising all that for to the best of your ability. That's it. Some some people have got. I can't remember. There was one celebrity in the news just recently who'd said they weren't going to leave any money to their children. They wanted them to kind of have to work for things themselves. And then you've got others that might think, right. I want to leave as much as I can to my, my kids and try and help them out as, as much as I can as well. So different people have got different views on, yeah, on things. And, and like anything, I think there's probably a halfway house in that. So you can have your kids going out in the world and earning for a certain period of time if you've left that money in trust and they, they're going to inherit it at a certain age. You know, they might have made yeah. their way by that point in the in, in the proceedings. Who knows? Yeah. Now comes the part of the show where Phil looks back over the course of his own life, both professionally and personally, to find an example of how today's topic has affected his own situation. So, Phil, today we're looking at leaving an inheritance. What do you have in that? Yeah, at the moment, it's something that's quite important to me. I've, I've got a son with Down syndrome, so I've always wanted to know that if anything happens to me, that he's well looked after. So I'm kind of just in the process at the moment of doing my wills. Just need to get them all kind of finalised. We've got most of it sort of done there. But my, my needs are slightly different because he's got special needs. We, we've got set up what's called a disabled trust. So that's something that we're doing for, for Evan at the moment. And the good thing with doing that is that any money he gets is in this trust and not actually his. Um, so again, it means that when he dies, it's set up in a way that there wouldn't be inheritance tax, but also set up in a way that it doesn't affect any benefits that he might get as well. So the, there's a lot of, like for me, it's something I'm doing at the moment myself, but people's needs in circumstances change over time. So it's always good to be reviewing things as well. So yeah, it's something that, that I'm kind of doing at the moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, next time for quote of the week, Phil's always been a fan and a collector of quotes for as long as we've known him. What do you have on our topic for this week, leaving an inheritance? Yeah, I got one from somebody called Suze Orman. It says, estate planning is an important and everlasting gift you can give your family. Absolutely true. Now, Phil is uh, really keen on trying to help you with your query. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask it anonymously if that's how you prefer it. Let's get on to this week's contact details in just a sec. I'll give it to you after this. The first one's from Louise, who says, Hi, Phil. I'm self-employed and pay my own private pension contribution. Recently, I was fortunate enough to start earning substantially more. So I feel I should be paying more into my pension, but I'm not sure how much. And also... 
if I should receive a higher rate of tax relief from my pension? Should I consult a financial advisor about this or simply go straight to the pension provider? I think it would be good to seek financial advice because a financial advisor, they can look at your tax position and they can also help you claim back any tax relief that you maybe should have had in previous years as well. But they would also be able to help you going forward. We've had it in the past. Usually if someone's getting higher rate a higher rate tax relief on their pensions, they would usually fill in a tax return and claim it through that. But it is possible to go straight to the provider and they can actually take it off. That, that's a bit rarer for that to happen, but I've seen cases of that in the past as well. But certainly if, if you were to seek out financial advice, financial planner, financial advisor would be able to help you there. I suppose, I mean, if you go straight to a pension provider, <laughs> they're not acting in, in, in your best interest as such, they're acting in theirs, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they, they would be able to just, they, if somebody knew exactly what they were asking, the provider you would hope would, would be able to sort that out for them. Mm. You, you tend to find if someone is a higher rate taxpayer, they'll normally tend to know because they'll see the, the higher percentage coming <laughs> off their, their wages. So You figure um, that one out pretty much straight away, don't you? Yeah, I mean, there'll be a cost for seeing a financial advisor, but if you were getting somebody to do your tax returns, there'll be a cost for that as well so unless you did it yourself I suppose that's that's the other thing but yeah I, I'm always saying look it's good to go and seek financial advice and definitely something that there's other reasons as well I mean the, a financial advisor can review the pension to see where it's invested they can are you paying enough in to see if it's going to give you enough back at some point in the future there's other benefits as well they can review the funds and, and how it's performing so probably quite a number of benefits of our speaking to one Next up, uh, here's one from Kenny in Fort William who says, Hi, Phil. I keep hearing the government's actually trying to take the country into a recession. I don't understand how that can be a good thing. Can you explain? I know it probably sounds a bit daft, does it? But at, at the moment, inflation in the UK is much higher than what the government's target is. And, and it's a lot higher than what they were kind of expecting it to be. I think they thought they'd have more of a handle on it by, by now. One of the economists that advises Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, he came out recently and said that the Bank of England must create a recession to curb inflation, which a lot of people are going to think, hang on, that sounds quite a strange thing to say. But I think what he's kind of getting at here is that if interest rates go up, people are going to have less money to spend. So that's what's been happening the, the last wee while. And I, I think what they're kind of getting at is that there's a bit of a cycle where costs are going up so, so prices or things are going up. So to curb that, people then want more wages. So prices are going up. People then want to get paid more to, to buy things at an increased cost. And then to pay that wages, the price of things are then going up. So you've almost got this spiral where things keep going up and up. So I think that's probably what they're they're kind of getting at by, by sort of saying that. And usually economic growth is one of the main goals for, for the government. But at the present time, the government wants to lower inflation. So I think that's what they're kind of sort of getting at is to try and stop things, just almost this upward spiral of, of prices going up. And, and I think that's what they're kind of meaning by that. Okay, we'll just say if you want to get in touch with a question, you can, but you might want to take a look at our back catalogue first because we've covered a lot of topics now and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm Joe Ellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 145 
of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn too, or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send me a question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast, as I say. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that's how you'd prefer things. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. you get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John. 